0: To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message.
1: Our first scripture reading for this morning is from Isaiah 2, verses one through five. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, The mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. A nation will will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacobs, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Now, if you are able, please rise for the reading of the Gospel. Our Gospel lesson this morning is from Matthew 24, verses 36-44, 40, titled, The Day and Hour Unknown. But about that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, People were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, One will be taken, the other left." Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would have not let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen.
0: Maybe see it in. So, Advent is a time of expectation and anticipation. This is the time of year that we hold so many different countdowns, you know. From Advent calendars, uh, you probably have some. Advent calendars that have notes in them, pictures, wine, chocolate, or even coffee. There's a coffee Advent calendar, I found. To the many other countdowns that we have, we anticipate what this season is going to bring. And so as we begin our Advent series, prepare the way, I would love to ask you a question. Now this is a question that I would love for each and every one of you to respond to and whether that is on the Facebook conversations in the church app or just in the chat on Facebook or maybe just as a reflection of where you are today. What are you expecting this Advent and Christmas season? What are you expecting? What do you hope for in this time? Maybe it's family getting together, a a long-awaited healing, something new, the birth of a Savior, or just a little peace and quiet emphasized by the soft glow of lights on a tree. What are you expecting this year? So please respond to those in the conversations online, and and for all of you who are here in person, maybe you can take those thoughts, those reflections with you into the fellowship hall after worship and share around tables what you are expecting this year. I encourage you to have your bulletins handy in there. You have questions and scriptures to reflect on throughout the week, as well as places to take notes so that as the Spirit speaks to you this morning, you will be able to jot those down so that you don't forget them. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, this is the beginning of Advent, a time when we spend moments in expectation as we wait and we hope and we dream of what the season could bring. And so God, I ask at this moment that you would speak to our hearts, that, that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that it would be your words, your message for your people. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. It's time to prepare the way. But what needs to be done and how do we actually get ready? It's time. Is it maybe time to do the flight of the bumblebee cleaning? You all know what that is. Do we need to run to the store and get some appetizers or desserts? I mean, think about some of your biggest holiday celebrations, your biggest holiday gatherings. What needed to be done so that when people arrived, you could just sit and enjoy yourself? Yeah. Maybe you weren't able to get to that spot in your life. That is, that you were never able to enjoy yourself because you were too busy baking or arranging or refilling or who knows what else to keep the celebration going. I wonder if this year could be better. I mean, we're only a mere four weeks away from celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And there's so much to do to get ready for all of those celebrations. But that doesn't even make a dent in what we should be doing to get ready for the time when Jesus returns. Which, according to Scriptures this morning, could be any day now. Now, some of you may be wondering that every day as you wake up and watch the news, right? More and more, this world makes us feel that the end is coming, and it's coming soon. So let me ask you another question. What did David Mead, Ronald Wineland, Pat Robertson, Jerry Falwell, Jonathan Edwards, Jeannie Dixon, Nostradamus, and the Mayans, and so many others have in common? They have all failed. All failed in predicting when the end of the world was going to come. Some have even failed multiple times. Harold Camping failed to pick the date five times. He just kept changing. Oh, I was wrong, so here's the new date. We can even find our beloved John Wesley throwing his hat into the ring for the prediction of the apocalypse. His choice, by the way, 1836. I guess we missed that one, too. The biggest ones I remember, and maybe you remember some of these as well, uh, were the several who thought Y2K was going to be it. How many of us really thought, oh, Y2K, here it comes. I mean, many of you probably remember when, what was going to happen when all the computers tried to click over to 2000. And many thought this was going to cause a global breakdown of technology. Yeah. I guess some were too concerned with this to follow Prince's advice about 1999. Some of you got that. All right. The other one... (laughs) The other one was the date in which the Mayan calendar was going to end. Do you remember the date? This was December 21st, 2012. Once again, people misunderstood something from history and tried to create panic around their understanding. All in all, think about this. Over 200 different predictions have been made as to when Christ... return and the new heaven and earth will be created. Now, just in case you're wondering, the next time the world should end is either 2026 or 2028. The Messiah Foundation International claims that an asteroid will collide with the earth, destroying it. And then just in case they are wrong, Kent Holvind wrote in 2015 that 2028 would be the year of the rapture. And if that's not far enough ahead, there are people who claim that 2129, 2239, and 2280 as well. But there's an underlying issue at hand, especially as we prepare for the end. Matthew 24, 36. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. We are not supposed to know when that day will be. No one does. Now, I understand when there, when there is a scientist who uses some method to calculate the possible end of the world, but when a pastor or someone who is connected to the church tells us that on a specific date, Jesus will return, I've got an issue. Scripture specifically tells us that we won't know. However, it does give us some instruction. Around this topic. But before we get into that, I want to address a question that has been raised to me a few times actually recently, and it is this Pastor, do you believe that we are living in the end times? Now, first, end times is kind of a trigger word for some. It's a concept that has its roots in theology, and what it refers to is the time just before Jesus returns. It is described in strange, possibly coded language found in Revelation, but also in other books. However, many times when we're talking about this concept, the the idea of being left behind, being part of the pre-millennium or post-millennium or facing the Great Tribulation come to mind, and we have to accept that these are scary thoughts. But what I will say is this, in response to to the question, are we in the end times? Yes, we are. But we also must note that we've been in the end times for over 2,000 years. <laughs> Paul was writing letters to the churches all over, encouraging them, fully believing that Jesus was going to return in their lifetime. So yes, we are still in the end times, and we have no idea, none whatsoever, of when Jesus will return. But that shouldn't stop us on our journey of hope. Isaiah gives us a vision of hope as we hear about the last days. People will come to the house of the Lord. People will come to hear about God and the desire that God has to bless them. People will learn God's way so that they will walk in those paths. Those paths of light. I feel like we've seen that happen somewhere close to us. Maybe right here within these walls of Journey of Hope. People have come to this congregation longing for a word from God, some guidance for their lives, or just a little encouragement for the journey ahead. And this is where we are transformed. This is where we learn to live a more Christ-like life. Isaiah continues as he talks about disagreements. God will reconcile people's differences and they will trade their weapons of war for items which will help within the great harvest. There will be no more arguments. All wars will cease. Can we, th- can we just think about that for a moment? Can you even imagine a world without people fighting? Now, this can certainly mean that you know, the wars, like the one that Ukraine continues to fight, And the many conflicts that we as the United States have been involved in over the decades. But this would also refer to all the conflicts that we have in our lives. Imagine with me for a moment. This may take a little bit. No political divisiveness. No arguments about inclusion, racism, sexism, or classism. Can you even dream about something like this? Can you see it? There'd be no more fights about whether or not pineapple belongs on pizza. If the chicken or the egg came first or if it should go over or under the roll. (laughs) But seriously, no wars. No fighting. Can you imagine? This could be what it means to walk in the light of the Lord. We're all would be at peace. Hmm. So if we switch over to the Gospel of Matthew's passage for us today, we find some good instruction when thinking about the last days or those end times. Certainly, we have the initial comment from Jesus that tells us that we're not to know the day nor the hour of Jesus' return. But if we find that uncomfortable, Jesus has words for us. He tells us about the days before the flood you know, the days before Noah went into the ark. He said that people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage all the way up until Noah got in the boat and closed the door. Therefore, maybe we should do the same. We should continue to live our lives. However, not as though nothing is going to happen, but knowing that something eventually will happen. You see, those around Noah received the message that the end was coming for them, but they didn't heed the warning. They just kept going on, thinking that the end was never going to come for them. We have so many messages throughout Scripture that tells us that the end is coming, even if we don't know when that day is. And therefore, we should live our lives knowing that the end can come at any time. But how do we do that? We have this, little story about an owner of a house. And Jesus tells us that when the thief was coming to steal from him, he, if he knew that, he would have stayed awake. And therefore, would have been ready for him and not allowed him to break in. In other words, we too should stay awake, spiritually speaking. We need to continue to grow in our faith, learning more about our Creator each and every day. We need to continue to study the Bible, attend small groups, build relationships with others in the church, and help all that we can here at Journey of Hope and in our community and beyond. Immediately after our passage this morning, we find a parable from chapter 25. It's about the ten women who had lamps and went, went to meet the bridegroom. Five took extra flasks of oil with them while the others just had whatever was left in their lamps. And of course, the bridegroom was late. When the five who didn't bring any extra oil asked the others to share, they told them to go to town and buy more oil. And while they were away, the bridegroom arrived, and the five with the extra oil went into the wedding feast, while the others got locked out. These five were not ready. They were not prepared, and so they got left out. Today, we prepare the way, but we prepare the way for the end. We stay alert, knowing that at any moment, Jesus could return and call us all home. Are you staying awake? Are you continuing to grow in your faith and knowledge of God? Are you becoming more Christ-like each and every day? Are you preparing the way for the end? Are you preparing the way for the end? Will you pray with me? Loving and gracious God, That we hear a message here that is It's sometimes interesting. As we talk about preparing the way, preparing the way for your return, we prepare a way for the end. Although that end truly is a new beginning. And so God, sometimes these words challenge us. As we hear scary thoughts of the end of worlds, but also knowing that that within that comes the promise of everlasting life. And so, God, we ask for your help. We ask for your help to prepare for the end, to to ready our hearts for your return. Speak to us. Guide us. And encourage us along that journey. All this I ask in your Son's precious name. Amen. So as we get ready to go forth from this place, I'm going to remind you again of that question that I started out with. What are you expecting this year? What are you expecting this season? And so I want you to share that. And like I said, for for all of those who are worshiping with us online, share that in that worship conversation so that we can all see that in the the app. So that we can celebrate with you on what, what you're expecting. And now... May you go forward knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.